0: The Todd Stansbury Podcast from Ramblin'Rec.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. As we close down
1: what may be, with no exaggeration, the busiest month of March in the history of Georgia Tech Athletics, a lot of good things happening, lots more on the horizon, and we will cover it all on this edition of the Toddcast with Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. Great to have you with us again, everybody. I'm Andy Demetra. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe. If you got a question for a future Toddcast, you know what to do. Tweet it using the hashtag Toddcast. And the namesake behind this program joins us now. Todd Stansbury. Todd, how are you? If it's been busy simply keeping track of everything, I can't imagine how busy it's been for the
0: director of athletics. How are you? I am doing great. I mean, it is when you talk about March, we'll never see another March like this. Every single sport is in season with the exception of football that's in uh, spring football. How do you even keep track of everything? (laughs) It's It's it is unbelievable but a lot of good things and um definitely uh, an exciting time here on the flats
1: got nine teams that are currently either ranked in the top 25 nationally or receiving votes in their respective national polls. We saw you in Indianapolis. We saw you also uh, on television cheering on the Georgia Tech women in San Antonio as they finish off a Sweet 16 season. What was it like for you, crisscrossing the country, watching uh, both basketball programs in the NCAA tournament?
0: It's exactly what you want to be doing in March. And, uh, you know, when we – First got back to Georgia Tech four years ago. The, the goal was we needed to be nationally relevant across the board. And I think that um, as uh, there's, there's a commercial out there, um, and I can't remember which one it is, but where the guy goes, it's happening, <laughs> and have nine teams um, that are either ranked or, or, or receiving votes, uh, both men's and women's in um, in the NCAA uh, tournament, most men's and women's basketball in the NCAA tournament. We also had um, some of our sports actually finished up along with basketball. Uh, three teams with their best national um, finishes ever, and that's women's cross country, uh, women's swimming and diving, and then of course um, women's basketball with their uh, highest finish in the ACC as well as um, going to the Sweet 16. So. Uh, a phenomenal march. Uh, basketball was just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, having watched
1: uh, Josh Pastner and the men, Nell Fortner and the women, over this last month and the way that they captivated not just Georgia Tech fans but basketball fans at large, especially in the way so many people consume college basketball nowadays on social media, uh, what kind of effect have you seen from people getting to know what Georgia Tech athletics is is all about?
0: Well, I think that, um, you know, it starts with, with with Josh and Nell and just the one they can obviously coach, but the kind of people they are and, and the character and the personalities. And I think that um, especially for non-Georgia Tech people, um, that have all of a sudden become Georgia Tech fans, a lot of it is the character of those teams and the way they play and the way you got um, you know our, our, our big men and women diving on the ground for balls and playing defense. And, and um, these teams were easy to like. And I think what we saw over the last month um, going into the ACC as they finished up their season and then getting a, kind of a national profile um, at the ACC tournament uh, and then going into um, the NCAA tournament was that um, the, these teams are very, very likable. And um, not only is it because of the way they play and not only is it because of their character but we got some characters on these teams too and i think that helps as well. Uh Nell
1: ACC coach of the year and you know when when the edge center is rebuilt thanks to AI 2020 can we make Josh Pastor's face shield part of the permanent display in the
0: lobby cuz i think it warrants it. Well, if you watch <laughs> uh the ACC network um definitely has it on display uh uh, on their uh, on their morning show, and um yeah, and i I would say that also added to um uh, you know, kind of that national exposure was uh, you know, not only is uh, you know, josh interesting in his own right, the face shield definitely had him stand out
1: that interview that he gave alongside Jose Alvarado after the ACC tournament <laughs> championship in greensboro, you had. Josh being his typical Josh Pastner self, but also you had Jose Alvarado in tears, basically with so many poignant remarks about coming to Georgia tech and Georgia tech taking a chance and a kid in Brooklyn, it all culminating with him being called an ACC champion. What was your reaction when
0: you watched that? Those are our guys. I mean, that's Josh Pastner. That's Jose Alvarado. That is who they, who they are. And, um, and I think that's part of the reason why uh, this 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 team um uh, became so popular across the country. It was because of, of of the types of people that we have on it. and and obviously, those two guys are are pretty likable. and you know, and and Jose thought we were taking a chance, but Georgia Techs had pretty good luck with uh, <laughs> New York point guards
1: that they have. Uh, it's amazing how much both teams mirrored each other because they both finished seventeen and nine. They both outperformed their preseason expectations. If you look at the preseason polls, they're both led by well-liked, well-respected coaches, one of whom, like we said, Nell Fortner, an ACC coach of the year, and another one in Josh Pastor, who's already earned one at Georgia Tech and stated a compelling case for earning one again this year. Each team had an ACC Defensive Player of the Year in Alvarado and Loretta Kubai. Both teams reached the NCAA tournament for the women the first time since 2014, for the men the first time since 2010. And something that you said, they played in a way that really just it was hard not to like and embrace, whether you were a Georgia Tech fan or or you weren't. How, how do you think they, I mean, the men's and women's teams kind of reflected the character and the spirit that you've been trying to cultivate as an AD with all the athletic teams at Georgia Tech?
0: Well, I think that um, it's pretty gratifying to see. And, uh, and, and when you really think back, um, you know, now got here two years ago, and, and that's almost kind of where it started. Um, you know, when, we, when, I was, um, in, when I started the, um, the, the search um, for a new women's basketball coach, It wasn't um, an intern, a GA, um, or somebody else that continued to work with the women in the interim and actually ran their practices. It was Josh Passner that um, took over the coaching duties um, with the women in the interim. And and that is unheard of. Uh, And I I just remember as we were um, interviewing uh, candidates and and they were asking about what, what you know, what's going, what are the young women doing right now? And we said, oh well, Coach Passner is taking over the team, and he's making sure that they stay active, and he's running their practices. And they were stunned. But I think that's where it all started because, in fact, in the first couple of practices, uh, Nell actually sat in the stands and watched and let Josh run the practices so she could get a feel for the team and. Uh, you know, the players and that sort of thing. And I think that that uh, bond between your men's and your women's coach, pretty unusual. And, um, and I think that's where it started as far as this um, uh, strong connection and, uh, between those two teams.
1: Of all the messages, emails, notes that you may have gotten uh, over the last several weeks, what's the one that stands out the most? Because I'm sure you had to get a lot of them.
0: You know, I I just think uh, you know I, I think just the common theme of um, uh, from Georgia Tech people just how proud they were um, of these two programs and and a lot of it was based on you know Georgia Tech people it's it's not just it's not just if you win it's how you win is important too and I think both these programs exemplify what. Um, Georgia Tech stands for, um, what Georgia Tech alums appreciate about the Institute and um, those were pretty much the common themes that um, that I was hearing from from people across the country And then people that weren't Georgia Tech people just you know they they saw us and and just wanted to let us let me know that hey, we're rooting for the jackets because, um we saw the way your team played or we saw the Josh Passner interview and, and or um you know the Nell Fortner story and I mean here's a woman that um has been coach of the year now and in, in uh in, in three of the five autonomy five conferences mm. big 10 SEC now the ACC she's been the national coach of the year she coached the U.S. national team to a gold medal I mean uh, there's not much she hasn't done um, other than win a national championship, which uh, we're working on that right now.
1: There are tangible ways to quantify, and there are intangible ways, but do you feel like the, the tent has gotten bigger for Georgia Tech athletics over the last several months?
0: I think it's gotten bigger, and the other thing that's, gotten, uh, that's happened is I've gotten a lot of emails from people that say, hey, you know what, I'm a Georgia Tech um, season football ticket holder and I'm going to start buying uh, women's basketball tickets. Uh, so it, it's it's also that Georgia Tech fans are now recognizing um, the success of, of some of our other sports that they may not in the past have paid a lot of attention to.
1: Were you concerned because of the limited attendance at McCamish that despite the successes that, that- – Fans might not have felt the same level of ownership as they would in a typical season where they'd be able to to attend games night in and night out.
0: You know, I wasn't um, as concerned about that just because I was just focused on we got to play these games, right? Um, But I'll tell you what, as I look back on it, it gave the students the opportunity to flex their muscle. Because I think what we did show, because of the circumstances and the fact that um, for a majority of the people that were allowed to come to the games uh, were our students, and they, uh, I mean, they create, you would have thought that that place was full. And they created an incredible environment. Um, you know, Coach Bray from Notre Dame mentioned it in his press conference. I mean, people took notice of uh, the Georgia Tech uh, McCamish environment, which um, you got to go back to Thriller Dome days um, <laughs> to be to be getting that kind of national um, exposure to the kind of um, environment that we have here. So I, I, I'm really one proud of our students, but also I'm glad that they're getting their due because sometimes um, Georgia Tech students uh, aren't necessarily considered the most ferocious. Um, uh, fans and and student section and i think they showed that you no know what given the opportunity they certainly are and and i think that they played a huge role in our incredible home field at uh, home court advantage that both these teams enjoyed yeah
1: it really was fun to watch and you know, the women had a seven game acc win streak during the season which was tied for their longest in school history and the men had an 11 game home win streak dating back to last year and couple of thrilling finishes down the stretch there to help get them to selection Sunday. Um, so now comes one of the quirks of, of this 2021 athletic year, which is these seniors have an opportunity to gain an additional year of eligibility, and already several of the basketball players have opted to return next year, Bubba Parm on the men, and then on the women's side, Loretta Kubai and Kira Fletcher. So, I mean, now... She's going to have a loaded team next year, and Josh Pastor certainly hopes that he will have the same. I know, however, though, that creates an additional scholarship load for the athletic department. How are you guys handling that?
0: Well, I mean, that that's where our scholarship fund comes in, and it will be uh, uh, more important than ever because of um, the opportunity for uh, our seniors to come back if they wish to come back. And, and, um, and of course, we want them back. But that does, um, you know, from a financial standpoint, that will be something that we'll have to take care of. So, um, AT is is um, obviously going to go to work and do their thing. But um, our scholarship fund becomes incredibly important, knowing that we will have a number of um, of our seniors with the ability to come back. That will come back. I think it's a great tribute to Georgia Tech that. that these young people, you know, a lot of times the, the whole tech thing is, when did I get out and all that? And it's not like that anymore. These kids are thriving here. They're doing great athletically. They're having a phenomenal time. They're doing well academically. And I think the fact that you've got these high-profile uh, student-athletes that are in a position to graduate um, but do want to come back for another year says a lot about the institute, uh, the environment, the culture. And of course, puts us in a phenomenal position to have that kind of leadership returning. And uh, that also reminds me, um, this uh, you know March is um, uh, uh, Women's History Month, and when you look at the um, our women's teams having the most successful uh, month across the board, I think it's um, you know uh, across all sports. All-Americans, highest um, uh, national finishes, um, obviously what uh, women's basketball did. Uh, uh, it's just fitting that that was all accomplished in National uh, women's, uh, women's History Month. So uh, pretty cool uh, for, for us to be able to, to um, really show in real time what the women at Georgia Tech are doing.
1: Definitely the icing on the cake of what was a really, really great month at Georgia Tech. Uh, So before we get back into season tickets and football, what the 2021 season looks like uh, going back to women's basketball Nell is one of the most respected stewards of the women's college game. And she put out a statement during the NCAA women's tournament about the disparities that I think we all saw in the, the men's tournament and the women's tournament. Uh, you were both in Indianapolis and San Antonio. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on on what you saw in, in Nell's statement that she put out uh, last week.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Nell is a leader in the field, and and just so proud of her for using not only uh, her platform um, for her, uh, but uh, her voice as well. I mean, uh, you know, the thing about Nell is um, when she says something, people are going to listen, and so I think um, for her to to use her role to bring attention and uh, to this issue. I think that um, I'm glad to see that there's going to be an analysis on all these uh, championships to see where the disparities are and, and make sure that this doesn't happen again. Incredibly unfortunate, I mean, these kids regardless of gender and sport um, work awful hard to get to the point where they can compete for a national championship and um, just glad that um, it uh it it was brought to the attention and it made national attention and I'm and I'm very proud that Nell uh played the role that she did um in speaking on behalf of um, you know other coaches student athletes and um and athletic departments as a whole football
1: and men's basketball season tickets are on sale now the men's basketball season tickets just went online and on sale this past week, on our last podcast, you had mentioned that the plan right now is to operate at full capacity at Bobby Dodd Stadium next fall. Where does that put us with McCamish next season? Now the season tickets are back on sale.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, our, our plan is to, to go into next season um, with the anticipation of being at full capacity. I see where the NFL just came out, I think, in the last day or two, saying the same thing. Um, which kind of lines up with the conversations we had had with the Falcons um, uh, throughout the spring. So um, our 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 plan is full capacity, um, as I said in the last podcast. It was um, it's all, uh, it's obviously eas- easier to dial it back than um, if 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 the reality on the ground changes. But right now, with the vaccines, what we're hearing, the research that's that's starting to trickle out from what we're learning from uh, last season, as well as um, what what what's happened um, throughout the rest of the year, uh, we feel pretty good about where we're going to be. But of course, um, we're still going to have to look to uh, the medical professionals, the CDC, USG, and public health officials, um, and also our um, medical advisory group um, as we continue to navigate through this um, COVID-19 situation. But right now, we feel really good about our ability to um, uh, uh, be in a a position in the fall to, to be at full capacity.
1: I believe the phrase we used in the last podcast was, it's easier to say, whoa, than giddy up.
0: That's exactly
1: right. That's more of a Western Canadian expression. That's more like Alberta (laughs) and Manitoba. That's that's
0: from the stampede right there.
1: Oakville, Ontario, probably not as popular an expression. Um, With the proliferation of vaccinations, will that change some of the, the health and safety policies in
0: 2021? We think it will, but again, it's one of those that we're going to have to look to the medical advisory group that right now, I mean, so much of this is happening in real time, and we're obviously going to know more a month from now, two months from now than we know today. Um, You know, we know a lot more this March than we did last March. And so uh, this will continue to evolve, but I feel like um, things uh, from the standpoint of uh, getting the vaccine out and uh, potential for herd immunity and all the things that need to happen to make us all safer are moving in that direction. But again, we're going to have to rely on our, our medical professionals to give us the guidance on what it is that we can and can't do. I
1: know all schools are aut- autonomous in their decision making and how they handle capacity and everything else, but how often are you having conversations with with your athletic director colleagues about what you're hearing and what you're considering when it comes to, to policies and safety measures. How much is, is that part of your weekly routine now?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. You know, prior to the COVID situation, um, we would meet once every few months um, as a conference. Now we meet once a week. So, and I anticipate that that's going to pretty much be our cadence, maybe forever, because, um, in fact, uh, it's allowed us to get a lot of work done, not just COVID-related. But given the, the, the dynamics of intercollegiate athletics and how things are, you know, changing and moving, um, it's really been a valuable, um, it, it's been really valuable for us to get together with the frequency that we do. So with things changing so much and a lot of decisions having to be made really in real time, Um, I don't anticipate us ever really going back to that one meeting every three months scenario.
1: Uh, Any timelines sort of in place between now and when you have to to finalize some decisions regarding safety measures, safety policies, attendance measures and policies? Do do we have a timeline between now and September 4th?
0: We, uh, I, I guess the timeline is, is that, you know, you get to August and, Have we moved in? Are we are are we moving in the direction that we think we should, or has something changed? Um, So I would I would anticipate if there's going to be an issue with what we're going to be able to do, we're going to make those decisions in a in a timely enough a timely enough so that people can uh, will be able to manage and navigate through whatever those may be. But um, uh, there's no real set timeline. I'm just thinking in my mind. Mm-hmm. If, I'm going to want to know if there's going to be an issue, you know, three four months, or three or four weeks in advance of of uh, September fourth.
1: Got gotcha. you. Uh, before the 2021 football season, we of course have the 2021 spring game, which will be under the lights of Bobby Dodd Friday, April 23rd. And you made an announcement regarding spring game attendance. Explain
0: what went into that decision. Well, basically, what we're going to do is uh, knowing that we still have some uh, limited capacity issues uh, in in how many fans that we can actually allow in the stadium uh, for uh, the spring game. Uh, we're kind of going to the um, uh, what we did with basketball in that um, as a reward to our most loyal fans, season ticket holders, um, will be we'll be able to. Um, uh, Uh, come to the game, and our students. Um, That way uh, we're able to uh, control the environment, um, still uh, be sensitive to um, uh, the COVID situation in the community, and we're following CDC guidelines and and, um, as well as uh, uh, USG. So that's kind of what we're doing um, uh, for the spring game as far as um, attendance is concerned tailgating tailgating uh we're hope we're hoping um that we'll be able to um uh tailgate uh for the spring game but that's still a a tbd uh given the kind of what's happening in the community uh at the time and um again we'll be looking to our public health officials for guidance on that um so we're hopeful uh, we'll be able to uh, uh, tailgate at the spring game. But at this point, we're we're still in a wait and see. All right,
1: and even if you can't be in attendance at the spring game, uh, it will be televised in ACC Network. I have a feeling Jeff Connells may have a few things up his sleeve <laughs> yeah. for that spring game, knowing it'll uh, be not only under the lights but uh, on television through ACC Network. Women's basketball made its first NCAA tournament since 2014. The men made their first NCAA tournament since 2010 volleyball is aiming to make its first ncaa tournament since 2009 final weekend of the regular season for them at o'keefe gymnasium where they are undefeated this year even going back to the fall huge pair of matches this upcoming weekend
0: yeah um they're they're in a position uh to, to to uh win the regular season championship uh this weekend depending on you know who wins who loses but uh are currently ranked 22nd in the country, having a, a great year. And um, we, we anticipate uh, uh, postseason for them as well. And NCAA tournament will be in Omaha. And so um, uh, get ready, because uh, basketball just finished. And, and we're going to roll here into postseason volleyball. And we have a dynamic... Very very talented team that uh, is exciting to watch, and so uh, really excited to to um, uh, follow uh, uh, volleyball in, in their postseason.
1: Certainly have the
0: credentials. Twelve and three, the only
1: losses they've suffered this spring around the road to top twenty five teams. But they pared down the NCAA tournament this year. Normally it's sixty four teams. This year it's forty eight. It'll be contested, like you said, all in Omaha, Nebraska. But Only 18 at-large spots, so if Georgia Tech can't win the ACC regular season, they'll have to duke it out for one of those 18 at-larges, but uh, certainly the resume looks good for Michelle Collier, and let's see if they can continue to ride this wave of NCAA tournament appearances that uh, has been uh, pretty much cresting throughout this past month-plus. Baseball, Uh, they've won 14 of their last 15 ACC series. you got a top-10 team over there at Russ Chandler Stadium and MacNeese Baseball Park.
0: Yeah, I mean um, they uh, they continue to do what you got to do in baseball, and that's win series. Um, Mm -hmm. They're in a great spot uh, and uh, exciting team, obviously, Uh, and 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 it's you know at this point it's one series at a time. ACC is is stacked when it comes to baseball, and for us to um, uh, be in first place uh, in the ACC and and uh, they they really are ha, have uh, picked up where they left off really two years ago yep. because um last year of course uh we barely got into the season before um everything was uh everything was shut down and everybody went home but um uh you know the road to omaha uh, <laughs> it's not just volleyball that's the road, uh, go to road to omaha, to omaha right.
1: <laughs> Uh, I I know you have seen Champions Hall. Fans may have seen the pictures of Champions Hall uh, on social media. You can't wait for McNeese Baseball Park to get back to full capacity, so more people can experience it through your eyes. What's the most impressive part of Champions Hall?
0: Hey, it's the Tashira Sky Terrace. Ah, um, got a nice ring to it, by the way. Oh, Did you come boy. up with that? <laughs> no. I uh, I came up with the Sky Terrace. Okay. And uh, Tashira made it happen, so it was uh, <laughs> it was perfect. Um, but, um, you know, the backdrop of Midtown, I, I've been saying all along, it is the best place to watch college baseball in the country. And there's no better place than, to do it than on the terrace. And now that the weather's getting better and um, it's starting to warm up, uh, can't wait for um, – uh, the rest of the ACC season because uh, uh, that um, that facility just came out spectacularly and um, really looking forward to when we can get to full capacity because that place will be rocking.
1: You have a team right now with Danny Hall that's playing as well as uh, McNeese Baseball Park looks. And women's tennis ranked number 11 nationally. They have not only the number one ranked doubles team in the nation right now in Kenya Jones and Victoria Flores, but... Uh, Kenya's number three nationally in singles. Victoria's number 23 nationally in singles. You have two players who could vie for a national title this spring for Coach Harmon.
0: Yeah, that, no, that's what's exciting about this. Um, women's tennis, they're, they're in a position, and they're good enough to win a national championship right now. And so, uh, of course, a lot of things have to happen. And, and uh, in, in college tennis, it's, uh, you know, it takes a whole team. But we've got a, a, a talented group of young women that are really, really exciting. And and while we do have a, some great leadership from our, from our seniors and Kenya Jones and, and Victoria Flores, it's a young team. We got a lot of freshmen on this team. They're going to be here for a long time. And so not only is this team set up to do some pretty incredible things right now, uh, the future, as, uh, as I like to say, um, Uh, Actually, uh, uh, Jeff Collins and I banter back and forth. Uh, The future is bright and um, pretty exciting uh, what the women's tennis program uh, is doing right now.
1: And men's tennis coming on strong. I know they're on the verge of the top 25, really young team as well. So best days. uh, If they're not already here, they're certainly on the horizon for both tennis programs at Georgia Tech. Well, as we said, it was a busy, maybe the busiest march in the history of Georgia Tech athletics, but like he's had a lot to cheer for, uh, no matter your sport of preference, as long as you're wearing white and gold. Appreciate it, Todd. This has been a fun one. Yep, no, it's been good. I always say that the more they win, the better everybody thinks you sound as a broadcaster. <laughs> well, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I tell you I what, need, these, these teams hey, have proven that idiom right.
0: I need a lot of help, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, once again, if you have a question for a future Toddcast, make sure you send it on Twitter. Use the hashtag Toddcast. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe, you tell your Georgia Tech friends, you tell your Georgia Tech neighbors about the Toddcast. We'll continue to grow this month by month. And can't wait to see what next month holds here on the Flats. He's Todd Stansbury. I'm Andy Demetra. Folks, thanks once again for listening to the Toddcast. We'll catch you next time.
0: The Todd Stansbury Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets!